You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to BGN Radio with Brandon Lee Gowton and Jimmy Kemsky. What's going on, everybody? This is BGM Radio, episode number 297. The Jalen Hurts has a sprained shoulder episode of BGN Radio. I'm Jimmy Kemsky from phillyvoice.com. With me, as always, is Brandon Lee Galton of bleedinggreennation.com. The Eagles are th- not 3-1. They're 13-1. They have 10 more wins than 3. Uh, after 14 games here, uh, 3 to go against the Cowboys, Saints, and Giants. They win one more. They clinch. The one seed, they clinch home field advantage throughout the playoffs, and they clinch a first-round bye. Uh, But before we get to all that, Brandon, first of all, how are you, my friend? And where can I find – actually, I know where I can find the finest meat snacks in the land because I already found them, and I bought them, and they just got to my house yesterday. Awesome. So uh, I'm very excited about that. That's for your cousin or brother-in-law? It's going to go to my brother-in-law, brother-in-law. Ronnie Cakes. Okay, yes. Ronnie so Cakes. hopefully Ronnie Cakes doesn't hear this and uh, know what his present is going to be. Well, if he does, he's not going to be disappointed because he, it's going to be a great <laughs> gift. And you, you can also get your loved ones, friends, family, whatever, a great gift or get it for yourself by going to RighteousFelon.com using discount code BGN20. That's right, BGN20 for 20% off your order. I know some people out there who have done this recently. Um, and they certainly are enjoying it. Shout out to my friend Jess, uh, who just got herself a box. She's liking it. Um, uh, we just had someone tweet at me yesterday, Jimmy, with a you know a screenshot. Uh, that's our friend Matt DeLong on Twitter at Matt DeLong One. Um, you know, so yeah, if you if you get some too, you know, tweet at us. Uh, you know, show us a screenshot that you're getting it, and uh, we'll certainly share the love. Um, discount code BGN20 at RighteousFelon.com. Um, Jimmy, very quick, important. Uh, anecdote, little story I have for you before we get into okay. a very important Eagles news thing regarding their quarterback. I was walking this morning uh, from out from Wawa, and uh, I walked by someone with the same shoes that I had on. So it was really funny. Oh. I was like, hey, man, All nice right. shoes. And he was like, oh, thanks. And then, like I was pointing down, and he looked at mine, and uh, he thought that was funny and gave it a laugh. <laughs> there you go. There's like a Louis C.K. bit, I think. From way back, uh, where Uh-oh. he says to be careful. There's an <laughs> there's a, he saw a guy that was wearing a shirt that said "Awesome Possum," mm. and he was like, and he had the same shirt, Louis C.K. And he said, "Nice shirt, man." And the guy was just kind of a like a jerk about it, <laughs> and uh, Louis C.K. was mad about it for like the entire day, and then he realized, oh. Well, I wasn't actually wearing my awesome possum shirt at the same time, right. so why would he care? <laughs> so, right. Anyway, yeah, it, so- it sounds like he'd be very like condescending or like, "Hey, no shoes, jerk!" Yeah, yeah. You know, like, or like an insult. Right. But um, yeah, I thought that was funny. Anyway, uh, Jimmy, the Eagles' starting quarterback has a shoulder injury. 
Mm-hmm. And you knew about this before some others. Kind of. So, I mean, I didn't know that he had a sprained shoulder. Uh, what I did know was that he had gone in for x-rays. I'll take you a little, a little behind baseball here. A little, little inside little baseball inside here. Inside football, even, if you will. A little inside football here. I'll tell you how, how I knew this. How the so, sausage is made. <laughs> in, the, <laughs> in, the, in the locker room uh, after the game. Um, well, let me just give you the lay of the land first in terms of like locker room and where stuff is. There's the locker room and then you go out into like a hallway in like the corridors, like the, you know, the, the bowels of the stadium and you can like walk down the hallway and then there's like an interview room down there. And this is the same thing in, uh, at Lincoln financial field mm-hmm. where there's the locker room. You got to go out into the hallway to get to the interview room. So there's a lot of that going on. Um, so in Chicago, same deal. I'm in the locker room. AJ Brown's going to the podium at the, uh, at the interview room. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I have a question for AJ Brown. So I'll go check that out. And I'm leaving the locker room and Jalen Hurts is walking in front of me, which is odd, first of all, because normally, uh, he would, he's the last person to speak. Uh, he's like, he's like, he, that's it. Like he's the end of locker room access on a week to week basis. Uh, and he's always dressed up. Uh, you know, as if like he's going out on the town mm-hmm. <laughs> on like uh, during those interview sessions. So he was still in his uniform and this we were already like 15, 20 minutes deep into locker room access. And it was weird that he was still in uniform to me and he's walking in front of me and um, he's with another guy, I guess a trainer. And the trainer was, I guess, discreetly kind of trying to say like, you know, where's the, where's the x-ray room? Where's, where's the x-ray room? Where's the x-ray room? And so he has, as I'm walking, and I like, I was, you know, I had a little bit of distance between, you know, me and Jill. And then, uh, he discreetly asked this, uh, this, I guess, Chicago Bears employee of stadium employee, mm-hmm. probably a better way to put it. Uh, is this the lot? Is this the x ray room? And in this, like, you know, the, this deep Chicago accent, he's like, yeah, the x ray room is right in there. <laughs> like, really loud. Uh-huh. So I saw him go into the x ray room. Wow. And, Four X-rays, and uh, I'm looking around, and I'm like, I'm "Like, are there any, did any other reporters?" See? Not one other reporter was wow. there. I was amazed. Like, there's enough of us traveling around to these road games. Yeah, certainly. Like, if that happened at home, somebody else would have would have saw that. Um, but no, there's no other reporters. I can't, and I'm like, I can't. I'm thinking in my head, I can't believe no nobody else just saw that. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, there are sometimes where journalizing takes a lot of skill and. An effort and building contacts over the years and blah, 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 blah. And then there are other times where you just see something because mm-hmm. you're just there. So <laughs> this was certainly the latter. It was easy enough to confirm with somebody that, you know, he did, in fact, go in for x-rays. But I got nothing further than than I got no further than that in terms of, you know, what even was injured. My first reaction was sort of like, oh, that might be ribs maybe because the way that that the, the play that he got hurt on, like the guy landed on him with yeah. his body weight. And he so was on the ground and he was kind of like grimacing. Yeah. Yeah. So my, th- my first thought was ribs. And then like, you know, he gets his x-rays, he goes back into the locker room, showers up, goes, you know, gets, get his, gets his post game apparel on and he's up at the podium. Now I'm the only one that knows he went in for x-rays and I'm like watching him like a hawk <laughs> trying to figure out, you know, what on him hurts, uh, you know, no pun intended there. Uh, I'm trying to figure out, like, you know, what what part of his body is is bothering him. And, uh, man, credit to him. He's got a poker face or, I guess in this case, like a poker body where he gave nothing away in terms of, uh, you know, feeling any kind of discomfort. Uh, But, yeah, anyway, it turns out that he has the the sprained shoulder, will uh, very likely miss the Eagles week 16 
the much anticipated previously anyway mm. week 16 matchup with the Dallas Cowboys of course it doesn't mean much anymore because the Cowboys lost to the Jaguars uh on Sunday which we'll get to I suppose Doug. uh crazy ending to that game but anyway that's kind of how I kind of came into the information that he had you know gotten x-rays uh, uh for again at my from my vantage point mm-hmm. and undetermined body part mm. <laughs> but uh you know as soon as i put that out i don't know if the eagles then immediately went to Schefter and garofolo and pelicero and told them you know what was up with the injury or if that was his agent or whatever but um you know when i put out that he had the x-rays that kicked off sort of the information flow and uh, we found out that it's probably gonna be like a one or two week injury yeah so you know uh sprained shoulder it is to his throwing shoulder there was some talk out there that it might not be to his throwing shoulder um, but that was corrected and it is his throwing shoulder um, Jalen Hurts is super tough, and I want to give him credit for that, especially because he made some really good throws after that injury. I mean, he had the one, the, the 68 mm-hmm. yard completion to AJ Brown, which is like right in the breadbasket, right on the money over the shoulder. Um, so yeah, Jalen Hurts super tough. Weird, not that, that we that we didn't already know that, um, but Bears repeating. It's there's always a little bit of uh, I think you have to you know wonder when these reports come out with these timelines. You know, is that the team being like? overly optimistic i'm not saying like the eagles are liars necessarily but i'm saying sometimes teams you know uh they don't want to make things seem worse you know, they want to make things mm-hmm. seem better uh so uh it'll be interesting to see it'll be interesting to see how much jalen hurts is willing to listen to the training staff be like hey buddy you kind of need to sit down and sit this one out or stay out for a while and heal up because like i just said he is very tough and i think he is the mindset especially being who he is like that he wants to be mm-hmm. out there so they might have to kind of protect him from himself. Um, I guess we can talk about, like, like, do you put blame on anyone for this injury? Or do you think this was just, you know, it is what it is? So before I even knew he was hurt, I had, you know, written in my, um, I would sort of noted in my, uh, what's something to write from, like, my 10 awards in my postgame article that, like, A, I thought it was, they didn't run the ball enough on like a super cold, windy day. But also when they did run it, they ran it with the wrong guy because like you don't really want to have your, your, your you know, MVP candidate um, taking that many hits against such an inferior opponent uh, like the Bears. I thought they were really going to use Miles Sanders and and maybe to a lesser degree, like guys like Boston Scott or whatever more in this game than they did. There's one point in the game where Sanders hadn't had a carry yet. I think it was maybe at the start of their third or fourth drive. He, I know he only had three carries in the in the first half total. His first carry came with like about six minutes remaining in the second quarter. Yeah, okay. So they only went almost the entire first half without getting a carry, which came as a big surprise to me. Um, I mean, granted, you can beat the Bears through the air. You can also beat them on the ground. It was like objectively the worst defense in the NFL heading into this game. And, uh, you know, I mean, it was really cold. It was windy. That walk from my hotel to the stadium, man, like their cold is just different mm-hmm. than it is here. The, the temperature wind. would tell yeah. you it was 18 degrees with like 12 to 15 mile an hour winds. I've been to, I've been outside plenty in South Jersey and Philadelphia when it's 18 degrees and 12 to 15 mile an hour winds. It's not the same mm-hmm. thing. Kind of the same. Like when you and I went, you were in Miami this summer. Yeah. It's like 90 degrees. Yeah, Their 90 is like, different than the 90 here. Yeah. It felt like 100. <laughs> so and- like. 190 <laughs> <laughs> right so it's kind of the same thing uh but you know cold as opposed to hot uh differences so like i, th- I mean it was bone chilling there i didn't have gloves like i had them in my pockets on my walk over when i got to the stadium i could 
barely even use my hand. I couldn't, I could like barely mm. even unzip my bag so that the, wow. the security people could inspect it to, to let me into the stadium. Jalen Hurts didn't wear gloves in this game. He was trying to keep them, you know, warm with those hand warmers. And I think he struggled early on, yes. partly because of the cold, adjusting to it. And then once he kind of settled in, uh, he played a lot better. But uh, I'm sorry, I'm kind of rambling here. Getting mm. getting back to your actual question in terms of his usage in this game. Yeah, I, I thought they could have, you know, ran, and th- I, I promise this is not like hindsight being 2020. I, right. I really do think that they ran him more than they should have right. against the defense where you can pretty much pick them apart no matter what you do. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, Bo Wolf said there was like 11 design runs. That's a lot. Not totally like yeah. unprecedented, but it's a, it is a lot. Uh, more than one thing can be true, as I like to say on every mm-hmm. podcast I do. You know, I think I, I, I've seen a lot of people crushing the coaching staff, and I just don't think that's entirely fair. To say. It's not 100% on the coaching staff to me. Like, there's there's some responsibility that Jalen Hurts has to take in that – some of these are reads, you know what I mean? And some of these are like yeah. him checking out of plays. So some of that is on him to some extent. I'm just saying more than zero. I'm not saying fully. Um, then again, you could also come back with, okay, the coaching staff kind of needs to eliminate maybe plays where he can do that check or, you know, have the option to run, especially like later in the game when they're, it's clearly not working because they tried to run him a lot early on. It clearly wasn't really working. Like maybe like, okay, let's pivot away from that. I don't really think it was crazy. Like, I saw a lot of, like, to me it was weird to see people earlier on um, complaining that, why aren't they running the ball? Why are they passing so much? When the Bears have a terrible pass defense, I know their run defense isn't amazing either, but they mm-hmm. were, like, by any metric, they're pretty, they're worse against the pass than they are against the run. And uh, I know it's cold and everything, so maybe, okay, that's a fair point. But to me, the bigger issue earlier on, especially, wasn't that they were not running. It was that Jalen Hurts was not making throws that were there to be made. Like Devontae Smith, mm-hmm. there was, the, it was I think it was their second drive where they went three and out. Like both Devontae and AJ Brown had gotten open down the right sideline, and Hurts just missed them. I mean, like I'm not saying I, I don't, I can't look at that and be like, why aren't they running the ball? To me, I'm like, well, why isn't he making at least one of those throws? Like they're there to be made. Um, and I'm not trying to crush Jalen Hurts by any means. You know, I put him in my winner section. Numb hands is how he missed them, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> and yeah, and he admitted after the game um, that, uh, like, that's something he needs to prepare himself better for moving forward. Yeah. And also, something to be clear here, you can't just be like, oh, it was cold. That's, but, like, it's going to be cold in the playoffs. So you can't, maybe not that cold, but maybe it will be. So you, my point is, like, you can't just, it's not like this is the week one Bears 49ers game where they were playing in, like, um, like a total rainstorm and gust. Yeah, like, right. that's like it's it's not basically a monsoon. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. some kind of like unprecedented uh, weather situation. Like it's cold. It's going to be cold sometimes. You have to adjust to that. You have to be ready for that. So hopefully, Hertz kind of you know takes a lesson from that and is able to find I don't know wear gloves or whatever it is for find something mm-hmm. that works for him. Um, yes, but I to the point that I asked you about. Like, yeah, I do think you know there was too much running with him in this game, and and not to say that because I, I just said like oh, the problem wasn't not running. I mean, it is to the point of where Sanders, why is Sanders getting a carry his first carry six minutes remaining in the second quarter? Like that's, you clearly messed up at that point. I just don't feel like, you know, they needed to run like every play or like 10 times or like a ton, or they should have only run the ball. Um, So, you know, I'm not going to give the coaching staff an A plus by any means for the game plan, but I also don't think it was like a a disaster. I mean, they had their sixth highest yardage total of the season in this this game. Mm -hmm. So it's not like it was like a totally foolish thing. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Devontae Smith and AJ Brown combined for 
307 receiving yards. Yeah. So, like, they did find success going to those two guys. I think the rest of the guys, uh, the rest of the receivers or receiving options, including tight ends and running backs, had uh, eight yards. Eight yards. Receiving. 13. Yeah, 13 targets, eight (laughs) receptions, eight yards. (laughs) One yard per catch and zero point something yards per target. So... Yeah, the, lean on the uh, lean on your your big dogs when mm-hmm. uh, when the conditions aren't great. Before we get further yeah. into the actual game, let's bring it back to Hertz right. um, and sort of where the team stands going forward. And I think that you know this Eagles team has been charmed in many ways this year, where they've had injury luck mm-hmm. and they've had schedule luck, and they've you know had you know pretty much all the free agents that they brought in have. Not all of them, but for the most part, they've been really good. They've had you know guys sort of step up and and be pleasant surprises, um, and all that's great. And um, you know that everything has sort of gone right for them this year, and that continues with this injury. Like it's a potentially devastating kind of injury if it happens at the wrong time, but it happened at the right time. Like it's, a, it's a never good when you have a quarterback, you know, suffer, you know suffer a shoulder sprain. It's never good. But if it's going to happen, it may as well happen on a day where you win and your biggest rival loses and you need only one more win in your next three games, two of which – one of which is against, you know, a legitimately bad – definitely bad opponent in the Saints. One is against a team that you already clobbered uh, in the Giants and the other is, of course, against the Cowboys. You need one of those – you need to win one of those games and you mm-hmm. lock up the one seed. Um, so for this injury to happen – now, it's a lot better than if it were to happen. Let's, let's say it happened in the divisional round of the playoffs. Sure. Conference championship game, I, he probably plays. They probably shoot him up sure. with uh, you know whatever they can. But is he going to be as effective as he would otherwise? Almost certainly not. So uh, this, this is an injury that, that happens pretty much at a time where he can shut it down for a while. Um, if he's good to go uh, against the Saints, do you play him? Mm. If he's good to go against the Giants... And you already have everything wrapped up. Do you play him for a series and get him out just to kind of get him back into the action? Like, wh- where do you kind of stand in terms of um, the scenarios that can play out and what you would do with Hertz if he's available or semi-available? So what I saw from uh, former BGN contributor and now works for CBS, Cody Benjamin, um, like, you know, he, he was talking to orthopedic specialist or whatever and you know it basically is like the more the rest is good like he needs rest he needs like probably like two good weeks off to really let that shoulder heal up and that's going to be what's mm-hmm. best for him and that's what you need to do because it's about it's about winning the super bowl so you have to i think you have to sit him down and make sure he's healthy i think that's more important um you know i think the rust thing he can knock that off i think that's not i'm not yeah. i'm more concerned about his health than i am rust uh so i would like to be able to sit him down i mean it's possible they can because they could beat the Cowboys, the Gardner Minshew. Hardly, hardly fair fetched at all. Minshew looked great when he played against the Jets last year. Now that's the Jets, um, but you know he does have help here. He does have support still. So uh, you know I think he's a he's a good player. Didn't have the best training camp, so maybe that is something to keep remember because he didn't he didn't look yeah. like amazing in the summer. Now of course he wasn't working with AJ Brown and Devontae Smith in practice as well in a starting offensive line. Um, so you know he has that going I for him. I think he played now. pretty well in the preseason games though, didn't okay, he? Okay, maybe because we it was it was kind of like we were not surprised that he played well in the preseason games, but it was like okay, well okay. we can forget about the training camp that he had because he played well in the actual okay. games. Maybe yeah, it's, I mean if it's so it's like forever ago, but I just remember 
going back a ways. Yeah. yeah. I just remember, like, it's funny how far away that seems at this point. It does. I just remember practice wasn't as good as I thought it might be. I thought he might, like, look a, look, look a little better, um, but he didn't. But he got some stock down votes in my, yes. in my yearly uh, yes. media poll. But I think you might be right. I think you might have been better in the actual games. So, you know, uh, yeah, I still think there's a high level of confidence with him. I feel like. Minshew is at, at the very least, if he can't beat the Cowboys, he seems, at least to me, good enough where he should be able to get you one win in these final three games. I think he is that mm-hmm. good. Um, and, and that's huge. And, man, what a big deal it is that Doug Peterson helped out the Eagles and beat the Cowboys. <laughs> right. Because if they didn't do that, if the Cowboys the won angst. that game and then Eagles lose this game on Saturday, yeah. then Eagles need to win both of their final two games. And you might have to do yeah. both of that with Minshew, which, you know, it's not and like... you might a... play in Jalen Hurts in a game that you'd prefer not to. Or that. Not at 100%. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, yeah, I would like to shut Jalen Hurts down. I think you go all, go all out to beat Dallas. You know, you activate Dallas Goddard. Like, you, you know, I know there's been some talk, like, do you want to not really show stuff to the Cowboys? Because you might very well play them again because mm-hmm. there's a decent chance the Cowboys will be able to beat the NFC South winner. And then, you know, there's a, there's a, it's not like, you know, things can go sideways. You know, who knows? Let's say the Lions get in. Maybe they can upset whoever. You never know for sure. But there's a pretty decent chance the Eagles and Cowboys could meet in the playoffs for a third time uh, this season. And uh, I'm not worried about, like, showing your hand. Because, again, to me, mm-hmm. what makes this Eagles offense great isn't, like, they're going to trick everyone. They just, they run simple stuff. They're really good at executing it. So, uh, yeah. I, I, it's also, by the way, it's going to, the offense is going to look different with, with Gardner Minshew than it would with Jalen exactly. Hurts. So it's harder to prepare for the Jalen Hurts led offense you might see in the playoffs than you're going to, you're going to get a different look yes. in, in week 16 and whenever the Eagles are fully healthy yes. again. And again, like no reason to be scared. You're the better team than Dallas. Go out and do what you do. Like, mm-hmm. and especially after Trevor Lawrence is carving them up. Yeah, so um, it's concerning uh, insofar as that, like, like, hopefully it isn't a big deal, the injury. Hopefully it's not going to cause him to, like, kind of be rusty from wherever he picks up. Um, yeah, so it's something, like, you kind of wonder about. Um, but it seems like it could have been worse. And, and kind of like you mentioned earlier, if there's going to be a time for this to happen, more ideal now. And also there's silver linings to it in terms of, like, if you beat the Cowboys with Gardner Minshew, I mean, then like, right, your comp- confidence is through the roof at that. Point. And also, like, that's like the worst possible result for Cowboys fans. You just lost to a backup quarterback at home <laughs> on Christmas Eve to allow yeah. your top division rival to clinch the number one seed in your building. Like that is like embarrassment level, like super high. So, uh, yeah, and and uh, and for Minshew, like, not to say he wouldn't be motivated to play anyway, but he's going to be a free agent after this year, and this is a great opportunity for him. Which sure. I think, you know, obviously you, you don't want to play him ideally, but I think he like he deserves it. You know, he's been a good soldier throughout all of this, and you know he works hard as a backup, and I think he's done a really nice job of not like inserting himself into a spot at all where he could drive controversy. Um, this is he's played his role, and he's gotten some garbage time, and now he gets to you know step up in a big moment, and it would be huge if he could deliver a win on uh, Saturday. Yeah, I mean, you look at Geno Smith, career backup, and then he gets an opportunity to start, and he has a really good year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Gardner Minshew could find himself in a situation where he's just a lot of his like a bridge quarterback to their next, um, you know, to a young to a young guy in the draft or something like that, and he winds up having a good year with somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, speaking of Geno Smith, I guess the uh, it's that kind of reminds me of uh, that that uh, that ringer 
uh, oh. quarterback ranking. <laughs> still, still, I don't know if it still does after week 15, but probably at least heading into this Bears game, still had Geno Smith uh, as better than Jalen Hurts, which pff, I guess what's funny is with this Jalen Hurts injury is the theory that he's just a game manager yeah. uh, or, you know, quote unquote game manager, quote unquote, is it him system or quarterback. Is it the team? Or is the is the player are the players around him dragging him to MVP consideration and he's just kind of there along for the ride? That's going to be put to a test this week. Um, we'll see if the Eagles drop off a little bit. Um, also, at the same time, I kind of feel like that six point spread is yeah. very disrespectful. Agree to, to the players around the you know around the quarterback. The Eagles are objectively a much better football team than the Cowboys yeah. overall. Is the drop-off from Jalen Hurts to Gardner Minshew substantial? Yes. Probably, yes. Uh, is it so substantial that the Cowboys are a touchdown better team than the Eagles now? No. Hell no. Like, get the hell out of here with that. So, I don't know. That, that, that'll kind of be, like, a fun storyline to, to watch. Like, I think it was Chris Sims was one was one of the people who was kind of knocking, d- diminishing, I'll, I'll say, uh, Jalen Hurts' accomplishments this season. Uh, but yeah, that'll kind of be fun to watch uh, to see like what the team looks like without Hertz and with uh, sort of, and I don't mean to be disrespectful to Gardner Minshew here, but you know, kind of like a re- let's let's be honest, like a replacement level kind of quarterback. Yeah, I mean, I think a, a touch better than that. Um, okay, fair. I uh, it's kind of a no win situation for Micah Parsons now because if Minshew plays well <laughs> and the Cowboys lose, well, right. then that sucks for him. Well, Parsons he... is the other one, of course, who made that statement. Yeah, I missed. I missed him. Yeah, I went. I went Chris Sims instead of Michael Parsons. Right. Michael Parsons is the correct person to point to there. Good job by you. And then if he sucks, then it just proves, <laughs> you know, it makes Jalen Hurts look a lot better. So kind of yeah, uh, yeah, a no win yeah. situation for Parsons. By the way, Trayvon Diggs did say Jalen Hurts uh, belongs as the MVP. Now they both went to Alabama. You know. Um, but still yeah, kind of funny point. to see him like comment that uh, like days after Micah Parsons questioned it. Yeah. So kind of funny to me. Um, all right. Let's take a break here unless you have anything else to say on the Hertz injury. I think um, – so I guess last thing. So like how much, how long do you expect him to be out? Do you think he's going to miss the rest of the season? Obviously it depends what happens Saturday I feel like too. Um, I think the thought out there based on the temperature that I'm taking is that Minshew's going to play this week. That seems like a pretty... The Eagles won't like officially rule out Hurts yet, but right. it seems like Minshew's definitely going to play this week. And then maybe Hurts returns if the Eagles don't win this week. But assuming they do, then I think they just shut him down. If they lose this week, then I think if I think he'll play if he can, right. even if he's not 100%. Right. Uh, if they win, he's, he's, he's done. I mean, they won't play him in week 17 against the Saints. Um, even though, you know, obviously if you beat the Saints, that helps your draft positioning. They right. won't, the, the, the most important thing right now is right. what's in front of them, which is the super potential for a Super Bowl win. That sounds very like draft obvious and simple, help, but it needs draft to be picks said. Help get, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Draft picks help, help get, get you the to, best players possible to get to, to the, win super the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah. But let's not forget that the Super Bowl is right in front right. of them. That's the main the, right. the main thing is the main thing, as Jalen Hurts would say. That's true. So yeah, I mean, you do everything to you. You all decision making centers around winning the Super Bowl right here, mm-hmm. right now. So you you just you rest Jalen Hurts if he's not one hundred percent, and even if he is, you get him in and out. I think against the Saints, and if you know you play him at all against the Giants, 
Um, week 18, again, you just get them a series maybe, and then you get them the hell out of there mm-hmm. just so that I can kind of keep in the rhythm right. of, you know, the game day exercise of getting ready for the game, going out, going through the tunnels. Then it's like blah, it counts blah, 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 towards blah. its stats, doing everything. <laughs> like he gets the credited yeah. for a start. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you just get them out. You get them out after one series and, and probably the rest of your starters and at least in that last game anyway, uh, as well. And then you get the buy, presumably, you know, assuming you win one of those last three games. But yeah, a lot of rest on the horizon for the Eagles' most important players. They're not going to IR him, by the way, of course, no. of course, uh, because it's three games, not uh, not. I'm sorry, it's it's four games yeah. that have to be out, not four right. weeks. So you'd have to miss the so playoff game. So if you IR'd him, he'd be out for the uh, divisional round yeah, game if uh, if they got that first round by. Right. So yeah, they, they're not, they're not going to do that. Uh, so they, you know they're going to have three quarterbacks active uh, on game day now with Hertz. Minshew and Ian Book, by the way, in mm-hmm. case you were unfamiliar, right. is the Eagles' number three quarterback. Uh, after they, how do they, how do they acquire him? Did they pick him up off of waivers? Yeah, was it? I think so. I think the Saints waived him. Yes, we were. Uh, oh, I already. Forgot. Oh, Reed Sinet was the Eagles' <laughs> number three quarterback in training camp. Mm-hmm. Uh, had some nice moments early on, and then just did not play well in the preseason game. So they cut him, and they picked up Ian Book. Uh, if Minshew were to go down, and then then the uh, drama really ramps sure. up to a new level. Well, a little knock on <laughs> wood there. We'll cross that path if we get to, if if need be. Last thing I'll say is, you know, there are kind of silver linings to the Hertz injury. Again, you don't prefer it, but if you're looking on the bright oh, side, oh, we got breaking news here, by the uh-oh. way, buddy. What happened? Dallas Goddard has been act- activated Boom. to the 53 man roster. So we're recording this, by the way, Tuesday morning, 10:30. Um, that like, makes sense. I mean, they didn't really have to do that until well, Friday. But I was just going to say, I now. like how the Eagles did that now when they could have done it on Saturday. Because I think it's kind of like, <laughs> hey, we need some good news. Get get that out there. You know, let's put that out there. Get the vibes getting <laughs> right. Anyway. Um, so last thing I'll say on this is that, you know, for regarding the silver linings of it all, if they do lose to the Cowboys, not ideal. But the fact that you would be incentivized to play your starters against the Saints and make that draft pick worse, like, could be, there could be less favorable situations. Um, like, that's that's an upside to losing to the Cowboys. It's like, okay, now we go out, beat the Saints, make their pick worse, and then we clinch the one seed, hopefully, then. So, we'll see. I mean, they have to win one of their last three. That's what it all comes back to. And there's no good reason for them not to. If they don't, then it's pathetic, and I don't care who's the quarterback. Like... If it's Minshew or it's Hurts, you have to get one win in your last three. You have to. Like it's and I think they will and they should, but there's no good excuse. Like Hurts being injured does not excuse you not winning one of the last three games. You have especially two of them at home. You have to you have to win. So all right, we'll see. Jimmy, let's take a break, but not before we hear very quickly about Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors and RoachRealtors.com. If you are looking to buy or sell your home, uh you can Reach out to Kristen Roach of Road Trailers, 856-906-9295. Again, 856-906-9295. And even if you're not currently looking to buy or sell a home uh, during these low real estate, this is like this is a low time of year for real estate. Typically, people start looking for new homes around the spring or whatever, or looking to sell their home around the spring. If you want like a market analysis of your home, like what... Uh, you could probably get for it if you were to sell in the spring, summer, whenever. Uh, Kristen Roach can do one of those for you. And that's, of course, no charge whatsoever. Again, 856-906-9295. Brandon? Back after this. 
Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian software for everything from space exploration and green energy to delivering pizzas and podcasts. Whether you're a team of two, 200 or 2 million, or whether your team is around the corner or on another continent altogether, Atlassian Software is built to help keep you all on the same page from start to finish. That way, every one of your teams, from engineering and IT to marketing, HR and legal, can stay connected and move together as one towards shared company-wide goals. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Back here on BGN Radio, as I'm looking up Dallas Goddard's stats from last year. I remember he had a big game with Minshew against the Jets, right? Like, so that could be a nice little, uh, I think it's a nice little combo. Yeah, that moment with his dad after the game. Yes. Uh, but my point is top gun jacket that like Minshew <laughs> seemed to like to throw to him a lot. Um, and the Jets defense was bad at the time. So oh, Goddard, you're talking about. Yes. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah I'm uh, saying yeah. Minshew really. Goddard didn't it. have the moment with his dad. Minshew did. Right. Yeah. I was kind of confused why he brought that up, but uh, <laughs> uh, I'm looking back here. He had six for, so he was targeted six times for six receptions, 105 yards and two touchdowns. So yeah, he did have a big game. So, um, so that could be really important. You know, sometimes they say, like a tight end is a quarterback's best friend in terms of you know, that security blanket. So that's definitely a big deal that um, Minshew gets to work with him. Uh, all right. So we kind of talked about the offense, I guess, um, from the Bears game in that Hurts conversation. You, you mentioned A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith were awesome. Everyone else did nothing. Um, I guess you want to talk about the defense? Yeah, we can do that. Um, I mean – the Bears had nothing, basically. They had Justin Fields, and they have nothing else. Mm. Khalil Herbert was on IR. In my opinion, he's their he's their most explosive offensive weapon uh, in their lineup, even more so than Darnell Mooney, in my opinion, uh, who was also out on IR. So their best receiver, Darnell Mooney, was out. Their best running back, out. Um, 
They were missing Chase Claypool, who they traded for at the. They traded a second round pick for Chase for Chase Claypool. He didn't play in this game. They lost Equinemius St. Brown, who was probably their best remaining receiver on the like the second or third play of the game. I think uh, so he was gone for the rest of the game in the concussion protocol. They lost their right guard. I think it was the right guard, Tevin Jenkins, uh, or left guard, maybe I don't know. He's but it was right Tevin guard. Jenkins, arguably their their best performing. Uh, at least according to Pro Football Focus, their best performing uh, offensive lineman in their starting five this season. He was gone on the first drive of the game. They just had nothing. There's a bunch of receivers. You know, people probably heard of Byron Pringle because he played for you know, the Chiefs for so long. Uh, but otherwise, I mean, they just had nothing. And they had David Montgomery, who's you know powerful back, but you know isn't going to break off long runs or anything like that. It was basically all on Justin Fields to make plays with his legs. And he did make one fantastic one, and you know, otherwise it was a, it was a, you know, a, on paper anyway, seemingly a, an Eagles, an easy Bears offense to sort of, um, you know, kind of keep in check. They did score twenty points. Um, seven of those were off of one of the Miles Sanders fumble. Yeah, uh, the Eagles defense did a good job of holding them to nothing uh, after each of, uh, you know, their, the Jalen Hurts interceptions. Mm-hmm. Uh, but overall, I thought the defense was fine. They did get six sacks yep. uh, with Hassan Reddick getting two, Josh Sweat getting two, and Javon Hargrave getting two. Hargrave and Reddick are now in the double-digit sack club. Uh, Josh Sweat is just on well, Reddick, the border Reddick of that. Was. with What's that? Reddick yeah, was. Reddick was. Yeah. He, he had 10. Now he has 12. Hargrave had eight. Now he has ten. Mm-hmm. Sweat had seven and a half. Now he has nine and mm-hmm. a half. So he's just knocking on the door there. Right. And uh, BG uh, did not get any sacks in this game. No. He stuck at eight point five. But there's never been a team in the history of the NFL that has had four players mm. with double digit sacks. And uh, the Eagles have two in. Sweat needs a half sack to get there. BG needs a sack and a half to get there. And the Eagles make history. Um, their offense, their their pass rush has been. Just amazing this year. 55 sacks on the season. Team record is 62, set by the 89 Eagles under Buddy Ryan. The league record is 72, Mm. set by the 84 Bears, also under Buddy Ryan. So, yeah, they've been phenomenal this year. Um, And I think they, I mean, I I think they're going to break the team record. Mm -hmm. And the the league record isn't totally out of of the question. They need what seventeen in three games. Uh, they're likely, averaging, but not impossible. Think, they're averaging three point nine sacks per right. game this likely. year. To get to get there, they need you know uh, just under six uh, per game. Mm-hmm. Uh, these last three games, and one of them, one of their games against the Giants, who they sacked. They, I mean, they they had a field day against that offensive line. Yep. Not to, it's totally it's not totally out of the question, but mm-hmm. you know that's sort of been the all star of the of the of the maybe the team in general. But certainly on the defense has been their pass rush, and that can if like for some reason Jalen Hurts just isn't the same uh, in the playoffs, or there's complications and Minshew has to be the starter. There have been plenty of teams in NFL history that have won Super Bowls on the strength of a pass rush, and the Eagles have that going right now. Yeah, like the Giants, among other fluky things that happened for them. But yep. uh, yeah, getting back to uh, the defense from an overview, like from the Jonathan Gannon perspective, I guess. Yeah, I mean. Not going to give him a gold star for beating the Bears, as you pointed out, for how bad they are. But, I mean, mm-hmm. I thought the defense did a pretty... Like, you look at the three touchdowns they gave up. Uh, the first one was one where I thought Fletcher Cox should have gotten 
or should be getting a lot of heat for not getting on that ball that Hassan Reddick popped oh, out. Okay, right. Yeah. Like Cox had a great view of the, the I I've watched that play, like I replayed it multiple times. He had the best view of anyone. It had stopped like bouncing. It wasn't like it was still like bouncing all over the place. And I get it. It's a fumble, it's a football, it's hard to recover. But like it was sitting right there for him. And I don't like he just did this like weird try to sliding maneuver to get like I don't know. It just seemed like to me like you have to get that ball that is out in the open. You have the best line of sight on it. You're the closest one to it. Like to me, it's just kind of a big failure that he doesn't get that. And sure enough, Justin Fields incredible play to get out of that Reddick. I mean, he should have been sacked. It was a second and twenty second, second and twenty seven. Yeah. That play was right when you get to second and twenty seven, <laughs> and you allow that to happen. Like I'm not blaming Jonathan Gannon. I don't think anyone else is. Like you have to, and, and you had him in <laughs> right. the grasp. Like you you could have yeah. you know, like gotten him down. Um, so that's just kind of a crazy play. You have to t- tip your hat to Justin Fields making an incredible play on that one. Uh, the second one, as you mentioned, was set up by the Miles Sanders fumble, which is like very close to being an incomplete pass. I thought it was a fumble, but it was like very, very, very close. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, they had. I thought it was a fumble too. The, agree. Uh, the defense had allowed zero points, as you said, after those first two Hertz interceptions. So if you're allowing seven points off of three giveaways total, like. You'll take that, you know, especially when one is the 15 mm-hmm. yard line. That's that's fine. Um, and then the third one was just on a blown coverage. Like, I don't really think that was, you know, a fundamental flaw with the defense is just a, 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 they blew a coverage. Um, poor communication, whatever happened there. Um, and the defense will be allowed 4.3 yards per play. Like the, the Eagles are allowing the fewest yards per play this season at 4.7. So, you know, defense mm-hmm. is fine. And uh, to your point about the pass rush, I'm saying to your point a lot, but deal with it uh the pass <laughs> rush is yeah it's legit and Javon Hargrave uh only had one sack and one TFL over his last four games as I mentioned before he's a kind of player who I think it's kind of streaky like he gets uh red hot at times and maybe that's coming because he's been a little bit quiet after having that hot streak and now he had two sacks and two TFLs in this game um so maybe you know he's about to really turn it up Redick, you know, it's easy to believe in him week in and week out because he just produces. He was just killing Alex Leather. Like, they couldn't block him at a certain point. He could not, could not do anything to stop him. Uh, so, yeah, I feel really good about that unit going up against the Cowboys offensive line specifically where they've had some injuries and have some issues um, and have had to rely on Jason Peters at some points. So, yeah, I, I think the defense is in a good spot. I want to give some love to Kayvon Wallace, who I thought did a pretty good job relative to expectation. Okay. Now, I agree, as we said, going into the matchup, that this was a favorable situation for him because the Bears run a lot. They're not like throwing it all over yeah. the field. Uh, so still, you would hope to get you know, uh, either Reed, Reed Blankenship could potentially play this week. We'll see. Maybe not. And then CJ DJ has to be out this game, but he'll be ready to return as soon as next week, assuming his lacerated kidney is healing up. Um, so yeah, not gonna not a gold star performance for the defense, but a job well done on the whole. Yeah, I think it what was a uh, Kayvon came in in nickel situations because um, Maddox played every every snap mm-hmm. in this game. So I think he was basically the safety in their regular base defense yes. and stayed on the field the entire game. Um, with with Kayvon. they didn't trust Kayvon enough to to start him and play him throughout the game. As uh, they but should. yeah, to yes. your yeah, but I, I I agree. I thought he he played well enough. There was the one play where he really shot up from a safety spot mm-hmm. and made a I think it was a tackle for loss on Fields. Yeah, um, yeah. So I thought I thought he was he played reasonably well enough. Um, again, in a game where the Bears had nothing yeah. at receiver, so you don't really have to, right. you don't really have to fear that so much heading into this matchup. 
but overall, yeah, nice, nice, nice day for the defense and uh, the guys that had to fill in, you know, played well enough. All right. Um, that's all I've really got, I guess, from the game. Did you have anything else? Yeah. <laughs> well, we got to flip it over to the offense, I guess. Well, we um, kind of talked about them. Yeah. Like we talked about Hurts. I mean, that was the big thing. It was Hurts. The receivers killed it. Um, AJ Brown. Yeah. I mean, just he has 12 receptions of 50 plus yards since 2019. It's the most in the NFL. Um, if you look at what he's doing this season, he ranks fifth among receivers in yards, third in yards per reception, and then he's tied for second in touchdowns. I mean, he in in this game, uh, only ten wide receivers this week in week fifteen had less um, uh, separation, average separation. Like Jalen Johnson was playing him really tight the whole game, and didn't matter. <laughs> it, just, it just dominated. Mm-hmm. You know, John, Johnson had a couple wins in there, but um, so yeah, Brown faced the third lowest cushion of any player. So they were not giving him any any space at all. Sorry, the separation thing was wrong. I meant cushion. He was he had the third lowest cushion. They were not giving him like any space to work with. They were like st- like stuck on him the whole game. Um only Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill were had the lower cushions this week. Um like mm. the Bills were not giving okay. them any kind of room. Uh yeah. So I mean AJ Brown's awesome. Devontae Smith is a wide receiver one on so many other teams. Made like tough catches look easy like he always does. He is 15 yards shy of uh, his rookie total from last year. Uh, decent chance he gets to 1,000. And as you pointed out, the Eagles have never had two 1,000-yard receivers. They might right. get that. And crazy to think they could do that after going since 2014, since they had a single 1,000-yard wide receiver. Do you know how uh, how many – I don't know the exact number, but just I know that I know that I'm pretty close to where I think the number is. How many – times a team has had two receivers with a thousand yards take a guess how many wide receivers are like tight ends too and running backs any any any, any, two, yeah, any, any two players just two two okay. players go over a thousand yards receiving i don't know like 18 146 oh, i think is the number i don't know yeah I, I don't have a good sorry i don't have a good like grasp on that but a all, lot <laughs> a lot of teams have done it before um but the eagles, eagles actually had an outside shot <laughs> What's that? I think part of why my answer was so low is because I've never seen it. I've never seen it happen here. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's very rare in Philadelphia for uh, receivers to well, it, big It's seasons, never I happened. Guess. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, the Eagles actually had an outside chance. I mean, forget it now that Hurts is, is injured, but they had an outside chance of having two rushers mm. go over 1,000 yards this season. Sanders is already there, of course. Guess how many teams have had two uh, players go over 1,000 rushing yards in a season? 42. Seven. Wow. Really bad guesses by me. <laughs> so that happens much more infrequently. And then, you know, none of those none of those seven teams had a receiver, not not one they didn't have one receiver go over a thousand yards. Um so I guess the overall point being made here is that it's pretty wild that the Eagles have had all these players you know hit or at least come close to or eventually probably are going to hit these pretty, you know, uh, recognizable benchmarks. Devontae's going to go over a thousand yards. Yeah. He's on pace, assuming he stays healthy. He's going to be, uh, he's on pace for just under like 1100 yards. Uh, AJ Brown's on pace for, he's already there, of course, but he's on pace for over 1300 yards. Uh, Sanders is already there. We'd be talking about Dallas Goddard, uh, potentially going over a thousand yards if he hadn't missed those five games. Uh, so yeah, I mean, all the, uh, the exemplary things that we can say about this Eagles team that's just, you know, 
keep adding on to it. Like we talked about, you know, the, the crazy number of sacks that they've had and and that they're getting him from from so many different players. Well, same thing on offense. They're just getting so much production, crazy production from, you know, Sanders and Hertz and AJ Brown and Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard and right on down the line. It's pretty incredible that uh, all this has kind of come together. Uh, and we've talked in the past, like the Eagles defense is good this year, but their offense is bad or their offense is good this year, but their defense is, is bad. It's all coming together this year, almost like it did pretty much in uh, in 2017. So we'll see if they can kind of keep it up going, heading into the playoffs. One last thing I guess that I have on the offense is that the Quez Watkins usage in this game was bizarre to me. I mean, <laughs> he had like, so he had six total targets and four carries. Devontae Smith had eight targets. So like, it just seems like a failure to me <laughs> if you're potentially getting the ball more to Quez than you are Devontae. Yeah. Like that's like, what are we doing there? And on those 10 total, like, between the targets and the carries, um, 10 yards total. <laughs> produced 10 yards. Not, yeah, they threw a lot of quick screens to him. Yes. But they also did, like, the, you know, the pop pass thing. And I think they had, like, a jet sweep to him at one point. Like, yeah, it's just yeah, like, yeah. why are we getting the ball? To, that's the thing. If you want to do, like, one of those, okay, whatever. Yeah. But, like, you're, you're trying to make it, like, a thing in the offense. And I know part of that might be checks or whatever. But, like, why is that a check? Why is that an option? Like, that should not be an option. It's not an option where you're setting yourself up for success. I like Quez as a role player. I think many people would agree with that, especially as a, I didn't have a problem um, taking shots downfield to him. Like, I think that's something he can do and win on. Sure. Although, you know, didn't get out as break. I feel like on the Jalen Hurts interception. And then I didn't think necessarily ran like the cleanest route and wasn't really great against coverage. And that's by the way, I don't have a problem with them targeting Quez deep, but maybe not on third and two. Like that's not the situation where I want to yeah. go for like, maybe just get the first down. And if you're going to take a shot play, you know, first down or whatever, second down. Sure. Um, but so that was weird. Like I don't love like high leverage quiz necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought that was really weird and um, not totally everything against quiz, but you know, I don't, it was just strange to me. And uh, it's, you know, I put him in my losers section of my winners, losers, I don't knows, in part because you just said, you know, Goddard's back. I mean, if you look at his, and this isn't anything, you know, that we didn't know, but if you look at his targets with, when Goddard has been healthy, he was getting 1.89 per game. With Goddard out, he was getting 4.5 a game. So, so right, that number right. is about to drop for him in a big way. Yeah, and he kind of, sure. and I think he kind of failed to like fully take advantage, not entirely his fault, part of the coaching staff usage, but bottom line like didn't like really fully capitalize on Goddard being out so um yeah he made some nice plays he had that he had the the consecutive games with touchdowns against what the Titans and yeah I mean he wasn't terrible but he didn't like and the Packers was it yeah um, he didn't do anything that's like oh we need to get the the this guy the right. ball more yeah well I think this last game leaves leaves the uh sort of the last the bad taste last mm-hmm. impression when his, when as you noted his his snaps are so I'll I'll equate that you know those quick screens to him sort of to uh, like Bruce Arians with the Buccaneers used to talk about how they gave Chris Godwin a lot of those quick screens sort of as a, as a, you know, setup. an attaboy for working oh. so hard as a blocker and doing a lot of like the meat and potatoes things mm-hmm. that not a lot of, not all receivers like to do. So I think the Eagles were maybe rewarding Quez with some receptions because he's been sort of a good soul. I mean, he sure. went from a starter last year to a role player and he's, he's sort of, uh, embrace that role and and he did you know have a few plays um when you know Goddard went out and, and the two touchdown catches and and I think they wanted to sort of keep I think they wanted to keep him happy and reward him for kind of keeping his head in the game and not sulking when he wasn't getting the snaps that he did a season ago 
But at the same time, like Chris Godwin is really good right. when you get on the ball on quick screens and can make plays after after the catch. And Quez, in theory, can do that with his speed. But there are certainly better options. Like AJ Brown is certainly a better runner after the catch uh, on quick screens than Quez Watkins. So uh, you know, another. I mean, not again. AJ Brown got like 15 targets in this game. So like, it's not like they weren't getting the ball that they were going his way, but uh, the, the, I, I'm with you that I, I think that a lot of those, you know, uh, manufactured touches yeah. for, for Quez, you know, maybe not the best use of, um, you know, the, the, the weaponry that you have in your offense. And again, the timing of them, like third and two high leverage play. Yeah. Got to have a first down. We're taking a deep shot to Quez. I think maybe, maybe not. And also <laughs> right. some of this is nitpicking. Um, but, yeah, for sure. <laughs> but but Quez had the first two touches on the Eagles' penultimate drive. Like, their they're touchdown. Like, why are you well, now? And, like, we need a touchdown here. We're getting Quez the ball twice. This is, like, how we're starting. Oh, right. This. And then they hit A.J. Brown, Brown yes. down the field. But, like, yeah. what are we doing? No. They got into, like, a third and eight yeah, on that drive. Exactly. That, like, was, was maybe making it a little bit dicey. That's what I mean. Like, why do you need to get Quez the first two touches in that situation? That's insane to me. So... I think yeah. the coaching staff, again, more of a nitpicky thing. They've been much, you know, not much to complain about on the whole, but one of the mm-hmm. complaints that there is is they get a little too cute. I think force feed it. Um, part of what I think is a strength for Sirianni in terms of being a good culture guy and getting guys involved to like what you're talking about there, uh, like guys earning their snaps. But sometimes you just have to get it to the big dogs. And they did. I know they did that a lot in this game, but like I think they could have went Devontae probably even a little bit more as, as opposed to getting – like if Devontae's at eight targets and Quez Watkins is at six targets plus four carries, again, maybe we're not getting the ball to Devontae as much as we kind of could be in that situation or mixing it up a little bit more. Not that I'm like pounding the table for more Zach Pascal targets, but maybe as you're realizing throughout the game that these Quez plays like clearly aren't working, maybe go to someone else, anyone but him. You know what I mean? Like give someone else a chance to, uh, you know, help out, but whatever. Right. Um, still feel really good about the Eagles outlook. As a whole, clearly, mm-hmm. uh, I think they can absolutely win against the Cowboys. In fact, I'm not, you know, we'll, we'll get to this in the preview show. I'm going to say, I think it's a lock they cover. I don't know if they win, like, 100%. Um, I know you feel like they might win. But, Six is crazy, dude. But, yeah, they're going to cover, at the very least. Uh, they're going to at least have, like, a moral win. Like, I, I see that happening. They're at least, like, going to cover, and maybe it's, like, because it'll be, like, kind of where Cowboys fans are, where we're back earlier in the season. It's like, oh, if we had our starter, we would have beat you guys. Um, so maybe the Eagles get to do that. Um, by the way, if the Eagles do win with their backup, I mean, just totally, you know, makes Cowboys fans look silly for saying that, by the way, earlier in the season. I mean, Winshu is better, I think most people admit, than Rush. But still. Um, I, I have four things on the Cowboys, okay. and we'll get into this in much more detail uh, when we do our Eagles-Cowboys preview later in the week. But one, Dak Prescott has thrown at least two interceptions in four of the Cowboys' last seven games. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I shouldn't say at least. He's thrown exactly two two interceptions in four of the he, last seven and games. And he's I thrown mean, that sound like... an interception, I think, except in all games except two this year, I think. At least okay. one. Um, and then their offensive line is kind of like a mess. Not, not like They've actually played well despite their injuries. Yeah. But as we mentioned in the last show, Terrence Steele is out. They actually had Tyron Smith. Mm-hmm. I got to look at that game to yeah. see how well he played. I haven't looked at them at all. Right. Uh, but he played right tackle apparently in this game, which mm. is impressive. But also like sort of, uh, you know, like what they, they felt that, you know, playing him at right tackle for the first time ever mm-hmm. was better than what they had on the roster is, you know, sort of dicey to me. Mm-hmm. And then defensively, 
they have big problems uh, at cornerback. Trayvon Diggs is obviously a playmaker, uh, also susceptible to big plays say, down the field. A play giver upper. Yes, and they their other two starters, um, Anthony Brown and Jordan Lewis, are done for the season. And then their their interior defensive line is sort of under the radar, shaky. They felt the need to go out and trade for Jonathan Hankins uh, at the trade deadline. And I'm not making Jonathan Hankins out to be like some sort of, um, you know, impact player, or some sort of important, but he's out too. So he's not going to play in this mm-hmm. game either. Uh, but he was getting like legit snaps for them. It'd be sort of an, an equivalent to like a Linval Joseph going down right. or something like that. Like, you know, I think that would be, an, you know, a, a you know, sneaky important yeah, or injury. If, if, if early he, season Jordan Davis. Yeah. Sure, sure. So, um, yeah, I mean, th- those four things would be the things I'd be worried about if I were a Cowboys fan. Okay, we'll get into that more later this week. Uh, any final thoughts, Jimmy, before we wrap up here? Uh, yes. So, um, my dad, RIP, used to make Pitzels uh, every year around Christmas time. You know what Pitzel is, right? I think so. P-I- I think it's spelled P-I-Z-Z-E-L-L-E. This is like a Polish thing or no? What's that? Isn't this a Polish they're kind of like thing? Cook- they look a little bit like doilies, <laughs> but they're cook- okay. They're basically like cookies, and they have like designs on them or whatever. Um, I don't. I don't know how to describe them further than that. I think uh, it's a. I think it's a very much a Philly kind of thing. Pizzelles. Mm. I think they're so actually they're Italian. Italian. Okay. Um, yeah. I'm thinking so, of something um, else. Yeah. My dad used to make a special version of Pizzelles where he would. Basically, you make them in a, it's like a Pizzell maker. It looks like a waffle maker. And you take the Pizzell, he would take the Pizzell and he'd cook it about halfway. And then he'd put chocolate chips in them and he'd fold the Pizzell over. Mm. So the Pizzell, like when you look at it, it's like a circle, it's a circular shape. So he would fold it over and it looked kind of like more like a half moon. And it would have chocolate in the middle. And then he'd put the, the, the Pizzell maker, waffle maker, whatever you want to call it, he'd put it back down and then. You know, finish cooking it up, and they were awesome. Like these pizzels. Wow. So uh, anyway, Stephanie Roach of mm. Roach Realtors, Kristen's mom, wow, made that version of pizzels for me. She figured out how to do wow. it with the. Ch- I told her how my dad used to do it that way. She figured out how to do it. It's very and, sweet. And uh, she made a batch of chocolate chip pizzels just for me. Uh, very thankful for that. Uh, so thank you very much, Stephanie Roach of Roach Realtors. Shout out to Stephanie Roach of Roach Realtors and RoachRealtors.com. Uh, I was thinking of uh, Hrushiki. Hrushiki. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah Those the, are good too. Polish, yeah, that's, I had the powdered sugar in my mind and I was thinking yeah. of that. Uh, shout out to my fellow Polish people. I'm half Polish, not full Polish. And I can't really speak it much. So sorry, everyone who was disappointed. But, um, <laughs> it's Krushiki, I think. Krushiki. Krushiki. Um, well, I was I was looking at the pronunciation here, and it says H R O O H R R O O S S, then emphasis on the C H E E, and then K E E, Hrushiki. Who knows? Okay. In any case, Nazdorovia uh, to my fellow Polish people out there. Um, that sounded pretty good. Yeah, there you go. Uh, like I'm, I'm half. I know a little bit. Very tiny now. Uh, like a Jin dobre. Um, you know, good morning. Yeah. All right. Anyway, see, uh, I thought it was just me and Sielski that were me. Me and Mike Sielski mm-hmm. were the only like noted uh, Polish well, people on the Eagles beat. You guys, the ski is a dead giveaway. You guys have last names. Yeah, my my last name <laughs> is like English more so. Um, yeah. By the way, 
That's one of the cool things. No one cares. Is about my last name that I think is like every Gowton is like related to me. I've never met a Gowton that is not somehow. <laughs> there's some connection there. It's not like a name that comes okay. up, you know, like, and you have, because you get people, even not just like Smiths, but you get people with like a last name and and they're like just not related. And that's always so like interesting and weird to me. But um, but yeah, every Gowton I've ever kind of met. And I think there's a decent amount in uh, England still. So uh, yeah, there you go. Fun fact. Uh, all right, Jimmy, right to selling.com, discount code BGN20, 20% off your order. Um, check out the SB Nation NFL show this week, which will be good because we'll be talking Eagles Cowboys among all the other games. Check out the NFC's mixtape, Jimmy, which I am recording with RJ later today at some point on Tuesday, December 20th, as we are talking now, and then probably might do a live show maybe on Thursday. Haven't hammered out the details on that yet. So two mm-hmm. NFC East mixtape episodes this week because... It's Eagles versus Cowboys. RJ and I have to do that. Uh, so it'll be, it'll be good. It's, it is a bummer, by the way, and we'll get into this on the mixtape more, how just like there's never a normal Eagles-Cowboys matchup where it's like, oh, both starters are healthy. They haven't and, – and I think in, out of like what, the last six games or whatever, there's only like one Jalen Hurts versus uh, Dak Prescott matchup. It was early last season, mm-hmm. and Eagles got blown out in that game. I, I keep banging the table for this, but they need to do Eagles Cowboys week one. They have to do it. They haven't done it since like in 20 years. They have to do it. It's yeah. just the easiest way to make sure everyone is probably healthy and it's a meaningful matchup. It's not in <laughs> right. resting their starters. Like just put it in week one or week yeah. two. Like just, you know, really early. Just anyway. I um, remember you uh, griping about that when the schedule came out. Yeah. Like just do it. It's time. It's been 20 years and it's fun. I think mm-hmm. it's a fun way to kick off the season. They probably don't want to okay. do it because of the ratings or whatever they want to they, put yeah, it. Yeah, they know they're going to get big ratings week one but just, anyway. Like, come on. Then, but, like, yeah. come on. It's time. Like, okay, I'm not saying you have to do it every year. Can you do it once out of 20, like, five years right. or whatever it's going to be now? Yeah, come on. Like, they're playing Washington and Giants. Well, more so Washington in week one. Anyway. Uh, all right. Let's wrap this up. At Brandon Gowton, at Jimmy Kemsky on Twitter and Instagram. BleedingGreenNation.com for my work. Jimmy Kemsky. Or, sorry. JimmyKemsky.com. PhillyVoice.com for Jimmy's work. I already told you about Righteous Felon. You already heard about Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors and RoachRealtors.com. We will be back with you. I guess we're going to record, what, early Thursday? Do a preview show, Eagles Cowboys? Yeah, I think that works. Okay. Sure. And then uh, enjoy the holidays. Happy Hanukkah, everyone, to our friends and all the other holidays. Maybe we'll go a little earlier this week because it's a Saturday game. Yeah. But we'll figure that out. We'll figure it out. Have a happy Hanukkah, happy holidays as we continue to move through the holiday season. And uh, exciting. Even though some juice has been taken out of the game, it's still... There's still excitement, you know. I'm excited, so sure we'll have a big uh, matchup to talk about later this week. Everyone, anyone who watches this podcast is going to watch that game, or anyone who listens to this podcast mm-hmm. is going to watch that game. Let's not kill ourselves. All right, goodbye, everybody. P G N. Claude 3 from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point of the price-performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skill and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest-cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E, today. Jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic. Support for this show comes from Vanta. 
dealing with loads of spreadsheets, juggling different tools, and having to do manual security checks. It can be a headache to keep up with today's compliance and security programs. Vanda is the trust management platform that wants to simplify things and bring all your trust building efforts under one roof, making growth smoother for your whole organization. Vanta lets you automate up to 90% of compliance for SOC 2, ISO 27001, HIPAA, and more. Strengthen security posture and reduce third-party risk. Get $1,000 off Vanta when you go to vanta.com slash vox. That's V-A-N-T-A dot com slash vox for $1,000 off Vanta.